Ever since the first tick-tock of time You brought order to a world undefined Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Welcome to the Genesis West Podcast. Our teaching team is made up of men and women who love asking probing questions of each week's scripture portion, to which our community responds with curiosity, courage, and a desire to expand in faith, hope, and love. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, and we follow the church calendar, because they anchor us in something which can hold us, no matter what life throws our way. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. Cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We exist to join God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. We hope you enjoy this week's teaching. Good morning, Genesis community. This is a reading from Romans, chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Welcome those of you who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also, those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. Romans 14, everybody. Let's start with a two-minute roundup to figure out where we are and why Paul is writing this. So Paul is writing to the first century church, which is made up of Gentile believers and Jewish believers. And apparently there were a ton of differences in beliefs and practices and opinions. But instead of coming down on one side or another, like we might assume a religious leader or a church leader like Paul might do, Paul does something really interesting. He says... There are some people that believe in eating meat is just fine, and some people who are convicted that they should only eat vegetables, and they're both convicted for spiritual reasons. And he says, there's room for both. Just don't pass judgment on each other. Don't despise each other. Don't look down on one another. Uh, 
Instead, welcome one another. Because God has welcomed you, right? Uh, And my translation is basically this. You know, some of you are convicted about eating meat or not eating meat. Or some of you are convicted that certain holy days should be observed no matter what by everybody. And others of you are saying, no, every day is holy. Every day is sacred. So we shouldn't set aside one over the other. Here's the deal. There is room for both. Let all be fully convinced according to their own minds, is what Paul says. Um, And it's enough to be fully convinced in your own mind. You don't have to convince the other person. They don't have to be wrong in order for you to be right. There's room in the church to disagree about big things and to honor each other's differences and to respect each other's differences. And I love that statement that's made. Um, It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, both sides, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Man, that's good. So that's where we are. We are in the first century. We're in the church, and the church is trying to find a way to stay unified even though there's many ethnicities in the church and there's Gentile believers, there's Jewish believers, and there's lots of cultures that are clashing. And so the temptation Paul knew was be, was going to be to get completely lost in trying to figure out who's right and who's wrong and quarreling and fighting and arguing instead of recognizing that people are at different stages of faith and that's normal and healthy and people are going to hold different opinions and beliefs even on big things and that's normal and that's healthy but we need to learn how to welcome each other because God has welcomed us i mean that's that's the big deal right and so basically whatever you do believe believe it with conviction But live at peace with people in the church, in your church, or in the church, Big C, with whom you disagree. So I think there are just endless (laughs) relevancies here uh, for our church, Genesis, and for the church, Big C, in 2020, because it seems like Though there have been divisions for the entire history of the church, there seems to be a very sharp dividing line and lots of judgment uh, within the church about what you believe and about what you practice and even about, of course, about politics. And so I'm going to do the first all play question. And the all play question is this, what cultural topics beliefs, or practices do you see the church, Big C or Genesis, getting stuck endlessly arguing about and judging each other? What cultural topics, beliefs, or practices do you see the church, Big C or Genesis, getting stuck endlessly arguing about? So I asked this question on Facebook, on our Facebook page. And here's how some of you responded. Uh, which of the two major polit- major political parties in America is more evil? <laughs> That's a good one. What does it mean to be the church? And what's required of me to be a part of the church? 
Um, does it mean I have to attend a gathering every week? Does it mean I'm a member? Does it mean I tithe? Um, another one, another person said, I get hung up on why people judge at all. Our role isn't to judge. So why do we do it? Uh, that's so good. Um, cultural top topics include sexual ethics, morality in general, politics, justified violence and war, abortion, spanking, submission, women in leadership, social justice, freedom, America, modesty, women in leadership, Bible translations, eschatology, brown or white Jesus, hymns or Hillsong, <laughs> the obsession over political involvement, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, critical race theory, uh, the role of the church versus government and the well-being and welfare of the community, sin management, how to balance serving others and taking care of ourselves. And oh my goodness, it just keeps going on and on and on. And I I wish I could read the comments that you all just gave on the Facebook posts um, on uh, here on the watch party. Uh, I would include all of those <laughs> that were included many more. So I want to imagine that the Apostle Paul is writing to a divided church in 2020. And let's let's say that the Apostle Paul wants to help us navigate the tricky landscape of politics. Yeah, let's go there, right? What might he say to us? So this next passage is from the imaginary book of the Bible called The Americans. This is from the imaginary chapter 14, from the imaginary verses 3 through 6. Some of you are Republicans, and you're convinced that Trump is the right person for the job in 2020. Others of you are Democrats, and you're convinced that anyone but Trump is the right person for the job in 2020. Still others of you are libertarians, and others of you are apolitical, and some of you are Enneagram Nines who just want everybody to get along. <laughs> well, here's the bottom line. Those who vote for Trump must not despise those who vote for Biden, and those who vote for Biden must not pass judgment on those who vote for Trump. Let's all be fully convinced in our own minds. But let's also ask ourselves the question, who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, all of them, for the Lord is able to make them stand. So I want to say something just right out loud about Genesis West our little church right here online, right here in Robbinsdale. Some of us are going to vote for Trump. Some of us are going to vote for Biden. Others of us are going to vote for a different candidate. Some of us will not vote at all. And the question over the next 50 days or so is, will we learn to welcome each other? Will we learn to honor each other's differences with dignity and respect? And will we learn to engage with each other honestly, candidly, and even at times passionately without demeaning, dehumanizing, or othering the person with whom we disagree? That's the question, gang. Whether it's in person or on social media, 
Will we resist the temptation to stand in judgment over someone whose political opinions we don't quite understand? I don't understand how in the world a person like you could vote for a person like that. Help me understand, <laughs> right? We can actually have those conversations as long as we're learning to welcome each other and to stand united in something bigger than our agreements or disagreements. Okay. Now I want to make a critical distinct. Now, are we getting hot yet? <laughs> are we? <laughs> My assumption is that most of you are nodding along like, yeah, we really do need to do that. But I think you're also probably inwardly thinking about different interactions where you tried to do that and where it didn't go well. Or maybe you're thinking that I'm sort of saying, let's just ignore each other and hope it all turns out. Maybe you're thinking I'm saying not judging each other is the same thing as just not engaging. And let me be clear, that's not what I'm saying at all. Not judging each other is not code for not engaging with each other. I think we long to go there with each other, actually. Yes, we're exhausted from talking about it, but I also think we're in a place where we would be expanded, our hearts and minds would be expanded if we learn to welcome someone with a radically differing view than ours. And if we learn to really listen to them, and also if they gave us or you space to really dive in and be candid about why you believe the things that you believe. Not judging each other uh, means that we can listen and learn and lean in towards those with whom we disagree. Uh, otherwise, then we're just still going to judge each other, either silently or in our echo chambers. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> well, uh, a couple of months ago, I got an email from a pastor friend that lives across the country. Uh, I think I had interviewed her for my podcast or vice versa. She had interviewed me for hers. I can't exactly remember. But I remember who she was and I remember liking her. And she emailed me and she said, I'd like to set up a conversation with you uh, because I'd like to know how it is, Steve, that you came to be open and affirming regarding LGBTQIA. Uh, she goes, that's not where I am. And I really want to be clear. I'm not, I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to try to convince you to believe like I do. And I don't want you to try to convince me to believe like you do. I just want to learn. I want to learn your process. I want to learn how you answer certain questions. And I really am curious. And so I said, yes. And we had about a 90 minute conversation. And let me tell you, it was really, really good. Uh, I asked her some questions. She asked me lots of questions. I got to uh, carefully explain some of how I have got to where I've got to biblically, theologically, sociologically. Uh, and it was really rich. And I think, I think we both left the conversation feeling like we had expanded. We hadn't changed our minds, I don't think, but that's not what these kinds of conversations are about. They're not about convincing. They're not about proving who's right or who's wrong. They're about learning to welcome each other. And folks, uh, this is a learning process. This takes time to learn. But I was struck by her, her curiosity. I was struck by her genuine wanting to learn. I was struck by the, 
the way that she really treated me with such dignity and respect, even though it was clear that on a really touchy subject, she didn't agree. And so that's an example of how it can happen. You know, you seek out someone who believes something differently. You lay out the ground rules and say, I'm not trying to convince you. I hope you don't try to convince me. I just want to learn. Because if I, if I feel like I know where you're coming from, then I can wrap my mind around the issue maybe a little, little more broadly. And that's a good thing. Now, side note, for some of you to hear me say that I am LGBTQIA plus affirming is relieving and comforting. But I know that for others of you, it creates some conflict inwardly. Maybe you don't believe that way, or maybe you're conflicted about that. Um, or maybe just hearing your pastor say something that's controversial brings up angst in you. So I want to say this really out loud, that I will extend to you freedom to disagree with me, the pastor, on that issue and any other issue. And I promise you that we can treat each other with curiosity, dignity, humility, and respect, even when we disagree. We are going to be held by and united in something much bigger, much bigger than a theological opinion or belief, as important and big as those are. We have to be united in Christ. And I'll explain what that means in a minute. Um, but that means something that we're held together on that's just like the early church needed to be, that's much bigger than whether or not you believe you should eat vegetables or meat or uh, celebrate certain high holy days or not. Amen? So I hope that's helpful for you. Like, I am going to have some opinions. I can't be just neutral on everything because I'm the pastor. I will work my hardest at not um, uh, offending or, tr or being overly vocal about one side or another. I'll never tell you who to vote for, uh, etc. But I also uh, am, I need to be granted the same freedoms to hold opinions and perspectives without feeling like I have to suppress everything that I think. And I hope that makes sense. I hope, I hope you can hold that, um, in the same way that I want to hold any disagreements is that any disagreements, disagreements, disagreements that you might have with me. All right, so let's do another all play question. As we think about engaging with the other, as we think about learning to welcome the other, even the other right here in our church, what fears do you have about engaging in difficult conversations with people who disagree with you? What fears do you have about engaging in difficult conversations with people who disagree with you? Use the face, use the comments on the Facebook watch party to answer that question. Well, uh, I imagine that we could have gone on for 30 minutes answering that question. I wish we had time to go back and forth. You know, I think one of my fears is that I'm going to be made to feel stupid when I engage with someone. I'm not going to be able to have my words uh, in the way that I want to have them. I'm not going to be able to explain myself in the way that I want to. Maybe that's something that you fear as well. Maybe you fear being misunderstood. Um, maybe you fear that it just the tension is just so high that you'll be exhausted. There's a lot of things to fear. But 
I want to invite you, may I, may I invite you, Genesis West community, uh, into a, a practice over the next 50 days or so, and then beyond, because we all know that even after November 3rd, uh, very little will be wrapped up in terms of people's emotions and feelings and all that stuff. So when you engage with others on social media or in person on matters of disagreement, may I ask you to do these four practices, okay? Four practices. Number one, be curious about why the other person holds the view that they hold. Be curious about that. That's number one. Number two, be aware of your own propensity to continually misunderstand what the other person is saying. You have triggers and filters, and that person that you're talking to doesn't speak for all Democrats or all Republicans or all this or all that. They speak for themselves, and just be aware that we all have the propensity to hear something and then translate it based on what we expect to hear. And we really do misunderstand each other when we do that. Number three, be intentional. I think this is a really important one. Be in, when you get into these conversations, be intentional about sharing your own perspectives and your own opinions and beliefs rather than just talking about hypothetical scenarios or uh, otherworldly big picture things. Um, or, and resist trying to speak for an entire group of people. Okay. And what I mean by that is this, um, sometimes we can get lost in, in he said, she said, and blaming this person, blaming that group, uh, whether it be protesters, rioters, um, again, Republicans, Democrats, rather than saying, I hold this particular view because I hold this particular value. Let's have the conversation based on those kinds of, based on that content. That allows you to be more personal. That allows you to get to the heart of the matter. If you stay on the big picture, hypothetical news bite, sound bite things, it, 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 I just promise you it'll be much more difficult to learn how to welcome each other. And then number four, be willing to kindly walk away from those who are committed to misunderstanding you. Be willing to kindly walk away from those who are committed to misunderstanding you. And you know this is going to happen. It already has happened. There comes a point in a conversation with someone that you're trying to have where you figure out uh, you're not playing by the same rules. Uh, and it doesn't make them bad or terrible. It just means for whatever reason, they're not interested and having the kind of conversation that you are. And it's really okay for your mental health, your emotional well-being to just walk away from that conversation. That might be on social media. That might be in person. I've had to do this kind of a lot lately, you guys. And just today <laughs> was one of them uh, on social media. And so um, it's really okay. Sometimes for some reason, people are committed to misunderstanding you and Maybe sometimes you are committed to misunderstanding them too, and it's okay to walk away. All right, so let's be committed to being curious, being aware, being intentional, and being willing to walk away when we need to as we engage with folks who maybe think or believe differently than we do in the days leading up to this election and other matters. Now, the last thought I want to share is from Romans 14.7, kind of an obscure and weird set of 
a couple of sentences that Paul utters here. It kind of feels a little bit out of left field and hard to understand, but I want to close the message by trying to bring it home this way. And Paul writes this in Romans 14, 7. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Weird, obscure, poetic, but like, what does he mean? Well, the truth is I'm not entirely sure what he means. But I think in light of what we've just been talking about, in light of holding opinions, in light of having distinctions and having differences and pressing into engaging in conversations that are tense, maybe, what if what if what Paul is really talking about is, is learning to try to let go of your small ego classifications? I am a conservative person. I am a progressive person. Uh, that's my camp. That's my tribe. That's my identity. I am a preacher. I'm a guitar player. I'm a teacher. Um, I am on this side. I'm on that side. These are all natural and normal, just human to have opinions and cluster around others that have the same opinion, but on some level, as we grow in Christ and as we grow in faith, at some point we're invited to let go of those ego classifications that end up being defensive and binary and divisive. And we are invited to participate in the Christ energy of being beyond living and dying. This Christ energy that in Colossians 1.15 says, in him all things hold together. In Christ, all things came about. And so if it's true that all things really are held together through Christ and in Christ, then that's a reality that's big enough to hold us all. And that's what we need to unite around. The Christ who is making all things new, who is setting the worlds to rights, who will help all stand. The Christ is big enough so that all of us can fit into. And we can stop being so concerned with our ego divisions and ego classifications and standing apart and alone from another. And we can learn, as Richard Rohr says, to sit at a table uh, with a group of people who are different than you and belong rather than be so concerned with our ego classification. Maybe that's what we do not die to ourselves and we do not live to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's for to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. What if we can participate in that kind of energy? Lord of the dead, Lord of the living, the alpha and the omega, um, the dead and the living, the Democrats and the Republicans and the Libertarians and the Enneagram Nines. The Lord is Lord of them all. And there's room for us all as long as we learn to welcome each other. So let's practice this stuff together, you guys. Let's learn from each other. Let's be, let's be eager to admit when we hurt each other's feelings and ask for forgiveness. Let's be eager to forgive when people ask us to forgive. And let's move together 
united not in beliefs or practices necessarily, but united in Christ. Amen. Amen. Endings are a place where life is Thank you for listening to the Genesis West podcast. If, if you, you find, find yourself, yourself nearby, nearby on Sunday, we'd love for you to join us for worship. We meet at Elam Church Center in Robbinsdale, Minnesota. If you, if have, you have any questions or would like to connect with us, please visit us at www.genesiscov.org.